Hello and welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Crystal Taves. I'm the pastor of women here at Northview Community Church, and I'm joined with my Thalia. Hello. My podcast partner. Mm -hmm. And two guests today, we're going to introduce them. So one is Naomi. Do you want to say hi? Hi. And second is Angie. Hello. Uh, We brought them here to talk about the topic of international adoption. So we're going to have them share a little bit about their journeys. A few weeks ago, we had a podcast um, with Imran and Patty on local adoption, and we thought we'd round out the picture by having some people who have adopted internationally with us. So why don't we start with you, Naomi? Do you want to introduce yourself to the people who are listening? Maybe a bit about your family, um, your church, your jobs, sure, those yeah. kind of things. You yeah. have to mention me first, though. Oh, I've got my sister, <laughs> Thalia, here. It's so exciting. I love her so much, and I get to be sitting with her, so that's awesome. I know. Naomi is five years younger than me, so I'm the older sister. Yeah, the awesome. Was she bossy? Oh. Probably. Thalia read a lot. I read up. a lot. She, she, reminds, <laughs> she remembers me kind of being in my book. <laughs> yeah, my name is Naomi Peters. I live in North Van with my husband, Mark. We've always been married for 19 years. I've got two kids. Luke is 14 on high school, grade nine. Anna is 10. She will remind me to tell you almost 11. Yes. Grade six. <laughs> She's and almost 11. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what else about me? I love to run. I love to bike. Love being outside. Um, I love cheering my kids on in soccer, and I also work part time as a nurse. And you love to do what at church? Oh, I love leading worship with the kids. I love being involved in the kids ministry. I love being a taxi driver on Wednesdays and rounding up all of Luke's friends to bring the youth. I wish I had a, a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's a good problem to have. Needing more space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Angie, give us a bit of insight into you. Yeah, I am married to Clayton. Uh, We have five children, so our oldest is 15. Um, We have three 13-year-olds. And then we have a three-year-old that we brought home from Haiti last November, almost a year now. Uh, So it is a loud, active, So you have to describe that a little bit because people will think (laughs) three 13-year-olds, that's triplets, but it isn't... It is an age, but mm-hmm. not quite. So tell us a little right. bit. Right. So our 15-year-old daughter is uh, a biological daughter. And then we had Emily, 13-year-old biological daughter. And then we brought home uh, Benita from Haiti two years later when she was two years old. And then Kimberlene, our next 13-year-old, came home when she was just about five. So I kind of did triplets, I think, the easy way. I yeah, did not over, have to over go five through. years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They yeah. used to win at a time. Yeah. yeah. So four teenage girls at home right now. It's a blast, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then add a three-year-old, our first boy, and a toddler to the mix. Nice. Mm-hmm. And two dogs. I, honestly, I can't talk about the dogs okay. right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to tell to us go. what your passion at church, how long have you been at Northview? And yeah, what do you do so here? we moved to Abbotsford in 2010. We've been at Northview since then. Um, I love to teach the Bible to women. Mm-hmm. And so we have a Monday night uh, preset Bible study, which I've been doing for the last um, number of years at Northview. And that is uh, for sure, along with adoption, uh, one of my passions mm-hmm. and my hearts, one of the things I love to do most. That's neat. 
Naomi, which church are you part of? Yeah, I attend North Shore Alliance Church. I love the church, but I also attend because my husband is a pastor there. A so lead it's pastor. Uh, so you're a lead pastor's wife. It's uh, really cool to be involved, and uh, we just have such a great staff and great elders board, and get to be involved in so many things because people know me and trust me. Summer camps, youth group, praying for people. Yeah. And we're both married to Marks. So if you hear yeah. us say my Mark, her Mark, your Mark, we that's how we do it. <laughs> Keep them and straight. I, Keep they, all those they marks need straight. a physical description for a minute because oh, they yeah? can hear your voices, which sound similar. Do they? Yeah. But you're both, so they're both very blonde and beautiful, but you look quite different than I thought you <laughs> yeah. would. Okay. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, it's our voices, I think, that are the most similar. Yeah. When her son Luke was a baby, he easily went to me, and we thought it was because of his voice, our yeah, voices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any trouble making that transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we want to talk about how did you start talking about adoption as a couple? Why don't we start with you, Angie? How and why, maybe. How and yeah. why? Yeah, like, sure. Why adoption? So Clayton and I um, met and started dating in 1996, and he had just come home from uh, a missions trip to Haiti uh, Hmm. with Trinity Western. And so our very first date was spent talking about that, and he said on our very first date that one day he would want to adopt. So I would say in me Hmm. was... I was not um, against the idea, but it is not something that I had kind of dreamt of always doing, uh, but it was certainly something that God put in his heart. Okay. Uh, So when we got married, I went into that knowing that one day we, that would be part of our family plan. Yeah. That's neat. So, but you started dating and then how much time passed before you sort of started pursuing this? Right. So married in 98. Uh, we had Molly in 2002, and really we had put the idea of adoption on the back burner kind of until, oh, I, I, there is there are some reasons we were just going on with life and we'd kind of forgotten our heart mm. for the orphan mm. and for adoption. And so I uh, decided to go naturally into having um, a family biologically. And it wasn't until we'd uh, experienced about three miscarriages while trying to um, get pregnant, finally pregnant with Emily. But in that time, God really used that uh, to speak Mm. to us, especially at a camp in the summer we were at. And the the speaker was speaking on obedience to God. And so certainly um, biblical commands that we all um, need to flush out and, and work through obedience and that. But definitely Clayton and I had uh, really sensed that there was a call on our lives to adopt, mm. uh, but we had ignored it and rejected it until then. And the speaker in a morning chapel session said, delayed obedience to God is immediate disobedience to God. And so we just looked at each other in that moment, and we had a one-year-old. We were in uh, medical school residency. It didn't seem like the right time, mm-hmm. and yet we knew that uh, the, the call was to get going on it now. And so mm-hmm. we started the process when uh, Molly was a year old um, after a few miscarriages, and then uh, I was pregnant with Emily that fall, needed to put everything on hold. Right. Um, but got started back on uh, the process as soon as she was born. Okay. Yeah. That's neat. Okay, Naomi, how did you start talking about this as a couple? Uh, Yeah, so Mark and I were married in 1999, and Luke was born in 2003. Um, We had no difficulty at that time getting pregnant, and so he was a blessing. We wanted more children. I was kind of... My idea was to have another child two years later, and we realized 
that was not working out. So um, we were um, seeking specialists and uh, definitely had issues with infertility and went through some infertility treatments that weren't working. And we just um, took us years to, or I guess my heart years to be open to the um, God's plan for us, which was mm-hmm. adoption. And um, a lot you definitely of- definitely wanted more children. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we just think it was such a gift for God in our brokenness for him to finally two years later and to give us um, just open to adoption. And uh, Did that take a while for the two of you to be on the same page? We actually, um, it, it, we didn't really talk about it. We just, I was grieving so terribly. Mm-hmm. I was, went kind of into a little bit of a depression. And mm-hmm. uh, so Mark was trying to be really sensitive to me. And then finally, just through tears, one day just said, well, we're never going to have more children because uh, you don't want to adopt. And he looked at me and he says, I do. I just didn't have the heart to tell you because uh, you were yeah. grieving so hard. And yeah. uh, it was almost just in that moment that uh, God replaced our absolute grief and broken hearts with joy and peace. And yeah. we pursued it right away. Yeah, We went uh, through the stages and uh, paperwork of starting adoption. I think mm. that's really important for our listeners because we have a lot of women we know, not only in this church, but in our communities mm-hmm. that are grieving deeply. Mm -hmm. They want children. And their original thought is biological children. God has put that on our, you know, that's a good desire. Yeah. And then it doesn't always work that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God has good plans for our family. Okay. So you each adopted from different countries. So why Haiti, Angie? Yeah. So Haiti for us was a natural choice because Clayton had been there and that's where he first experienced visiting the orphan. Okay. And that's where his heart was turned towards them. And so um, we also met the only other family we knew that had uh, pursued an international adoption had gone through Haiti. Okay. So we used them as a great resource. And uh, it, it was a bit of a no-brainer for us at okay. the time. That yeah. was kind of your main heart yeah. option. Mm-hmm. And Naomi, you have Anna from Thailand. Yeah. Why Anna. Thailand? Um, we've always, Mark and I, always, and we'll always have a heart for the world. We look forward to seeing how God can use us one day um, in, in missions around the world. But uh, our good friends, really good friends adopted through Thailand, had a great experience. And we thought we want to be in a country where we're happy to go back um, and just want to mm-hmm. love the country mm-hmm. and pray for the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, we've had a joy to go back a couple times. We love Thailand. Yeah, in 2013, we had the privilege as an extended family. So my family and our two kids, Naomi's family and my parents, so all 10 of us went to Thailand to meet Anna's uh, birth mom, her foster mom, to see the Mm. orphanage where she was, to just experience the country. It was Mm. an incredible gift. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love the way that God uses such ordinary means to kind of guide us, like a friend Mm -hmm. that you knew, like Clayton's missions trip. Like he just puts things on our hearts yeah. because of where we've been and where we've journeyed. And then yeah. he just develops that in us. So mm-hmm. everyone's going to have a different path yeah. as to how he's going to lead you. But I just love that he does it so ordinarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> just through our friends. It's true. Right. Experiences. Yeah. So what was the process like when you started it? Um, was it overwhelming? What kind of paperwork did you have to do? Did you have to get approved to be parents? <laughs> what was the process? <laughs> Yeah, so it's a long process. Um, You start through, obviously, an adoption agency, and um, uh, you take a course, three-day course, which is really great, really informative, makes you think a lot, Um, lots of teaching and education associated with that, and then um, you um, begin the paperwork. For us, the paperwork took probably about 14 months, home study, social work appointments, 
um, it's, it's, I did a lot of work. I couldn't believe how, how much work it was, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. and the waiting was hard. And then once we got approved and got a proposal, uh, we waited another year, but then you're just waiting for the paperwork mm. from the other end from Thailand. They're very so was organized. It a year just, to get a match or just a year? Um, so when we started in 2006, actually Anna was, when we started, Anna was basically a born a month later, November 2006. And it was a year of paperwork and then a year of waiting. Mm. Two years yeah, total. So in Thailand is different. They allow the birth mom full, full rights up until 12 months. Mm. Okay. And they don't actually start the paperwork until 12 months. Okay. So, yeah. Anna was in a loving Christian foster home in Chiang Mai. And uh, we knew she was in amazing hands. Uh, she was in the same foster home as our good friends had their two daughters where they adopted her from. So um, shout out to Anna's foster mom, who we love so much, and who's a part of our family. Her, she allowed me to use her name, Jane Arnott, Chiang Mai. Yeah. Um, she took the best care of our daughter as she has about 40 other children. Wow. That she lives and breathes and loves the, the people and the children in Thailand. An Australian wow. woman who's given her mm-hmm. life as a single woman to raise mm. yeah. foster kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, you have a different process, Angie. Yeah, we, um, so all uh, three of our children are from Haiti. Our first two international adoptions we completed in Alberta, so it looks really different even from BC. So province okay. to province, yeah. it's different. Yeah. And each agency is a little different to work with too. So you just have to you kind of Google international adoption BC and it gives you a list of agencies okay. that you can work with. Um, so you are in touch with the agency. I remember a friend, we've walked through the um, Haiti adoption process with quite a few people. And I remember one friend just said a piece of paper a day. Like that oh. was her goal <laughs> yeah. to, to finish one piece of paper a day and it all gets done. It seems so overwhelming yeah, initially. I think you go to this course. I think they, they try at least in Alberta to weed some people out mm-hmm. maybe that may not understand what this is going to look like. Cause mm-hmm. it, you were looking at anywhere from two to five or six years, mm-hmm. I think with China right now. Okay. So, um, it, it's kind of a wake-up call, that, that three-day seminar, but also very exciting. Okay. And then kind of the the social work visits start, um, mm-hmm. which can be really scary because yeah. none of our homes are perfect and our no. kids what? aren't and we aren't. Angie, you're not perfect. <laughs> I know, I'm not. Um, and so you tell them everything. Wow. Yeah. Everything. So you're trusting a stranger mm-hmm. to make a, dis- a decision, decision about your family. That, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so it is a very unnerving process, mm-hmm. okay. um, but so good too. You're reaffirmed so many times. I think with each piece of paper you fill out okay. that no, oh, we're doing this, mm-hmm. and there is an end in sight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good to know from the kind of an outsider point of view, yeah. just the care that goes into people being placed in homes. Yeah. Like to think that yeah, a lot of research is being done to make sure these people are good yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're going to provide a stable place. So yeah. Yeah. Now, Angie, I know you went to Haiti a number of times. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Why and how that worked? Sure. So f- w- uh, when we adopted Benita and Kimberly, the uh, process was very different. So you sent all your paperwork. About a year, year and a half later, you got a proposal, about a okay. year later. And then you waited um, a year and a half to go uh, pick up your child. That is a long time. It is. And you never meet them in that time. So the first time I met Benita was uh, picking her up at two years old. Mm. So it is, I, in my mind, I thought, no, that's best for them. 
Like they don't have to then have a mum come and go. And at that time, our orphanage had a policy that you could not come and visit. Okay. Uh, and I think they did it for the benefit of the child, believing that would yeah. be the best. Yeah. Uh, Haiti had a new policy come in after the earthquake. Um, and that was that you had to do a two-week socialization with your proposed child. And a Haitian social worker and psychologist would evaluate you in that oh. time. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So you're on the limb there for two weeks. You are. Yeah. You're giving your heart to this Yeah. Kid. And your final day yeah. is a, a few-hour interview with a social worker and psychologist and they make the call then wow. whether so um, you don't know you don't you're spending two weeks pouring your heart out and spending eight hours a day with who you believe your child to be and uh it's uh, it's not a certain thing was this the process with kimberly no that no was kimberly Kayla. was the same as benita's okay yep yeah yeah, your youngest. Yeah. Okay. So when we went and spent two weeks with him, we went as a family, um, January or December 2000. I have no idea anymore. 15? Last. Yeah, last. Year. Yeah, we brought him home a year ago. Uh, and after spending two weeks with him and leaving him, I just could not imagine him not seeing his mom and dad anymore for the next however long it would take. It was a big black hole at that time. We didn't know if this would take a year or two years or three years till he came home. And so Clayton and I kind of spelled each other off, went once together. Um, I went once uh, with another friend who's in the process of adopting, but kind of every two months we went to visit him. And it was so good. So, so that he, good. Still, he knew you he better knew by the time. He knew you were, and I really, my prayer the whole time was, God, guard his heart. Mm-hmm. You know, that he doesn't, this is not what he knows of a mom that comes and goes and comes right. and goes. Yeah. And I really believe he did. Yeah. So it was so good. We knew our little guy when he came home, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Hmm. Did you get to visit beforehand? No. No? No, no you don't get to visit in Thailand. Um we, but when we went, uh, Anna was um, almost two, and we spent a week in Chiang Mai with her foster mom and slowly just visited every day. At the end of the week, we um, said goodbye, which was so hard to her foster mom, who she just was so attached to, which is a good thing. And then we spent the next three weeks in Thailand. Um, we went down south and, and enjoyed the beach and the pool, and uh, it was just a really great time of bonding mm. before we came back home. Yeah, into real life. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about what were the challenges to bring your kids home. Naomi, since you already started, why don't you continue with what was it like to bring this two-year-old Yeah. Home? So Anna was two and just loved her life. And why wouldn't she? She was surrounded by people who loved her in Thailand. And um, it was really hard for her. Um, she didn't understand English very well. She knew a couple words. And... Um, I think nights were the hardest for her. She did sleep in a room with uh, another child and her foster mom. So she was just loves being around people. Mm. And um, so that transition was difficult for her. You know, that took lot, that took many, many months um, for her to feel, um, yeah, for us to support her at night. And um, she was great during the day. And just slowly, day by day, month by month, she got more comfortable. Mm. At home, she loved her brother. Got to put a shout out for Luke. Uh, (laughs) She just adored Luke right from the get-go and slowly warmed up to me. And it took um, longer for Mark, but she realized how awesome of a dad she had Mm. when uh, one day I said I wouldn't take her, I wouldn't let her go in the pool unless she went and jumped into her dad's arms. Oh, okay. (laughs) And because he so desperately wanted just to show her how much she loved. Yeah. He loved her, and uh, from then on in, she realized her dad is the fun guy to be in the pool (laughs) with. I think one of the initial challenges, too, for extended family, or at least it was for me and my family, is that I wasn't sure 
if I could love an adopted niece as much as I loved my nephew. And I wrestled with that, but never said that to Naomi and Mark because, of course, that's an appalling thing to say. But when they brought her, we went to the airport to meet them. And when Anna walked through the doors holding the hands of her family, my heart just exploded. It just, I... It just was, it was like God's love overwhelmed us. And we realized, well, that was the dumbest thing I ever thought in my life. God just gives us more love for the people in our families. Your hearts just grow. He doesn't shrink it. He expands it. And so that just disappeared immediately. But Mm -hmm. that that was a good kind of a wrestling time for me. That's a huge fear for, Mm -hmm. I think, parents going into adoption as well. Will I love this child the same? Yeah. Um, And that that holds a lot of people back. Um, And it's a real fear. Yeah. But seeing what God can do is miraculous. Yeah. And they're not the same kids, but it is an expanded love that Mm -hmm. shifts and changes Mm -hmm. for each child in their unique situation. They're just amazing. Yeah. 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 Okay, Angie, tell us about your initial challenges. So very different with all three of them. Um, I think Benita came home at two. She was like nonverbal at that time and quite traumatized. I I Mm. sometimes... We, we have to imagine this child who all three of my kids were well taken care of, well nourished at the orphanage that they were at, but they only knew those people. Yeah. They had never stepped outside of the orphanage before, okay. had only eaten that food, had only heard that language. And all of a sudden, I just, yeah. you have this two-year-old that all, this white person is taking her onto an airplane back to cold, freezing Alberta. (laughs) Um, And it is traumatic for them. And so what we saw with Beanie was that she just really uh, was quiet and timid and shy. Um, But it it really didn't take long, I think, for her to um, start to feel part of the family. And it was instant for us. Um, With Kimberlyne, she was very verbal at five years old. Um, but she experienced a ton of grief and loss. Mm. So she came to know her nannies and love them so mm-hmm. much. Yeah, the five-year-old. Yeah, yes. they have good relationships. So mm-hmm. when she came home, it was about a month of her crying to sleep every night and, and yeah. calling out for her nannies by yeah. name. I know. So oh. that, yeah. like it was, that you could see her in physical pain. Oh. Um, and we didn't have the language necessarily that to help her out with it but just I I just remember holding her and crying with her every mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. Um, Caleb knew us and that was so different bringing him home he knew his sisters he knew Clayton and I and he just came home uh, feeling so comfortable so at ease um, but then also really shut down exhausted in the first week. Oh, interesting. So slept a ton and yeah, just adjusting to his new, but I would say the hardest thing is watching them grieve. They have left the only thing they know as life. And you know, down the road, this is the best thing for them. Yeah. But in the middle Um, of it. In the middle of it, I remember bringing Benita onto the plane and thinking, Lord, are, are we doing the right thing? Yeah. Um, because it's a painful road for them. Really painful. Yeah. For their whole life, it yeah. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a brokenness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. That God can redeem and make whole, Absolutely. but it sure takes time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are there any specific challenges related to adoption that you would face now? Like if you think of initially the, there were those challenges, what would be, how would any adoption 
adopted can be different than what you're challenging with your, your regular kids, well, your biological kids. And what we have here is we have the two of you who've walked this adoption road with your kids for quite a few years already. Mm-hmm. When we talked with Patty and uh, Imran, yeah. they were really new-ish yeah. in this process, but you guys have been down this road for a while. So what are your current adoption challenges? Yeah, well, um, I'll speak on behalf of our family. Um, Anna, we've had her for 10 years now. Yeah. So um, we've had lots of time to grow and understand her a bit more. And just just our love for her grows every day. She is just, just brings so much joy to our home. Um, I think she'll still always have questions, and so she should, about her birth family. Yeah. yeah. And it breaks my heart um, to not have the answers. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, we are trying to give her as much as we can. We did go back in 2013 and um, meet her um, birth mom and spend a few days with her. It was it was beautiful and hard all at the same time. Yeah. And we've tried our hardest to continue sending photos and updates through her foster mom who translates. Um, she's going to have questions that I can't answer and and my heart breaks for her in that. I think in this stage of life, just having um, teenagers, I have a responsibility, I feel, to be as healthy emotionally, spiritually, and physically as much as possible to always try to respond in love, in patience, in kindness. So, mm. and I know you do that 100 so, oh, of the time. Mm. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh, we don't. No, none of us, biological or adopted parents, we don't. Oh. Good thing we have God. <laughs> yeah. And and sisters. And sisters. <laughs> yeah. Would you add anything, Angie? No, I think I think the biggest things, if I think walking out international adoption and it's been for us about eleven years now too, um, it is they are facing their loss every day. Mm-hmm. And often not necessarily speaking about it, but they, all three of them in general, have lost both their parents. Ah. And that is not something I can relate to, nor I can um, give expertise into. But yeah, um, yeah uh, just helping them talk about it, acknowledging it with them, that it is a huge loss. and. You know, there are things that happen in the world or within our church or whatever that trigger that for them yeah. again. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just, I think, a long, long path. But yeah. Nice for your girls, here. too, that they could go back and see. Like when, yeah. you, when you went back to get or to meet Caleb, when yes. they all came back with you, you said that was really impactful it for was. them. It was. So Benita and Kimberly got to come back when we first met Caleb, and it was their first time back. And it was the exact same orphanage, the exact same rooms, and all the nannies, too, that got wow. to meet them, and they remembered them. And I think that was a real gift. I'm so grateful yeah. uh, that we got to do that. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would Healing. you say you've learned about God through this whole process? Oh, that is that is huge. I have learned so much about uh, God and myself. I um, in the first um, while we were waiting, not knowing really anything, um, I, I was just fearful. I, mm-hmm. I'm prone to fear and prone to worry, and the Lord has been so kind to me in giving me um, just His loving presence and giving me some verses that really um, met me in my time of waiting. Um, Isaiah 43 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Mm. And then down further, um, I was really encouraged. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I'll bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. 
Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, who I formed and made. Mm. Just God, just reminding me over and over again, even now, trust me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trust me. I love you and I love your kids so much. And I'm just walking. Yeah, I love the song um, every day. I need you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And just his love, right? Uh, God's love for us. And I think we all had that verse, First John 3, verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Yeah, yeah. that He adopted us into His family. Yeah. 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 I, I think a few things. Um, number one, with every walking out of each adoption we've done, I cannot believe His provision. Mm. And... Uh, his trustworthiness and his mm-hmm. faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a really different person from mm-hmm. walking that road with Benita than when we walked it with Caleb. And I'm so grateful that he's so faithful. So um, he has increased our trust. Um, going through the fears of, hey, can we love these kids like they need to be loved? Mm-hmm. I could not imagine, like, believe when Benita came home, I, she was our first. Um, the reality of the gospel playing out before our eyes. And that is the only way Clayton could describe it. As needy as she was and as alone as she was, and we were called to meet her and rescue her and bring her out. Um, And we just saw that as such a picture of us in her place. We loved her so much. And that just gave us a picture of he will not let us go. Like, we are committed to these kids for life. They're ours. They are toughnels before they're our adopted kids or biological mm-hmm. kids. They're toughnels before anything else. And the, the this whole idea of identity was just uh, hammered home for us and our identity in Him. And as children, that He will never give up on us. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is He will not let us go when he's calling us to something. So I think so so many times um, I hear or I'm working out with people, you know, but I don't know what he's calling me to. Or I don't know if he's called us to adoption. He will not let it go if he has. And so I think we walk his ways um, every day relying on him and he is going to open doors uh, to where we need to go. And I remember we, we had four girls Life was good. We were finally settled in Abbotsford. And I remember going on holidays with our family. And um, we had listened to this audio book about this uh, Kisses from Katie, the the Katie in Uganda Mm, adopting 19 girls. And we were driving to Disneyland as we were listening to it. And I I remember not looking at Clayton that whole time because I'm like, don't, I honestly thought to God, don't you dare. Huh. call us down this road again. We're so good right now. Like yeah. to open a can again of knowing what's a three to five year process. Yeah. And I just remember coming home that night and Clayton was like, you know what is going on here? I'm like, I actually don't want to talk about it. It took probably three <laughs> days of me being so irritable and so angry and so resistant to the fact. And finally, he just said, go be with the Lord and get yourself sorted out. And I remember just going to God and pleading, saying, you know, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Yeah. 
it's not that adoption was so hard or that I, I don't know what it was in me that was so resistant, mm-hmm. probably knowing what it would cost again, because that's mm-hmm. a huge cost. Yeah, emotional investment. Emotionally and, yeah. and all of that. And uh, I, I remember when I just laid it out before him, I remember just peace flooding when I finally relented and submitted yeah. and said, you know what, I'm willing to do whatever. Um, and then he just changed it to absolute joy and excitement about what this would look like. Right. So he doesn't let us go ever. We're his kids forever. Yeah. yeah. And we don't do anything to deserve it no. either, right? Like there's nothing any of those kids did to deserve your love. And yet right. it's the same with us. Yeah. His yeah. sovereign hand, like yeah. no doubt in my mind, he's put our family together exactly as he planned from long ago. And it just gives me such assurance and hope and faith in his, he is over it all. That's neat. Yeah, for sure. What would you say to families that are considering adoption? I mean, you've said lots of things, I'm sure, but is there anything else you would add to families? My my first reaction to that question was just do it. <laughs> if you're considering, like, not obviously go get the information you need, pray about it and sort it, talk with other families that have mm-hmm. done it, name your fears, write them out. And then actually have people speak into that, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but take the first step and trust him in it. If you are considering, and it is fear that's holding you back of the unknown. No, there, there don't is, let fear hold uh-uh. you back. No. I agree. I agree. The Lord is so faithful. He's going to take you by the hand. He's going to shepherd you as you walk this journey. He loves you and he loves these kids yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, why don't we, on that note, just mm-hmm. close in prayer? Yeah. Angie, do you mind doing that? Yeah, no, I'd love to. You are a good father to us. And I thank you uh, so much for how you care for us, how you save us, how you um, put burdens on our heart, all different burdens for every member of your body. Uh, that will help us uh, reach the world and live for you and minister to others. And so, Father, I thank you for um, the opportunity to be involved in your kingdom in this way. Um, I just pray that through this podcast, even, that you would place it on people's hearts, how they can reach out to the orphan. It's not going to look the same for everyone. And I pray that you would give freedom and how people want to care and minister. I pray that you would not place any burden of... Um, uh, just an expectation that it needs to look a certain way. But Lord, that you would help us to care for the orphan and the widow in their need. You have so many ways for us to do that. And I just pray that we would respond in obedience um, in the ways that you've set before us. I thank you so much um, for this time, for an ability to share the work that you've done. Um, And I pray that you would just uh, bless the ears of our listeners. And um, yeah, thank you for this opportunity to share your story. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us.